Hey everybody, welcome to the Sour Mash Podcast. Uh, we are your friends from Sour Mash Tours. This is your uh, favorite currently one-legged tour guide, Dylan. And this is Andy, and we are without Danielle today. We are. She had better things to do. Yeah, she was not interested in recording this with us at all. She had a guitar lesson. Yeah. And then she had to go to a party, birthday party. Birthday party, and she quickly said... You guys can record without me. It's yeah, fine. She did. She Yeah, there was no hesitation. She's like, I'm not going to change my plans for you guys for the business. Right. So we know where her uh, her loyalties lie. We do. With um, her friend Virginia celebrating her 30-somethingth birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Which, happy birthday to her. Happy but, birthday, Virginia. But we, have no, uh, but we have no Danielle. We have no Danielle. We have a very loose agenda yeah, today. We're, we're, just, we're just rapping today. Yeah, we're just rapping. Um, it's been a couple of weeks since the last time we talked. Yeah. And... Should we should we remind everybody that we are Sour Mash Tours? We are so Sour we're, Mash yeah, Tours. We're Louisville's uh, only guided walking bourbon experience uh, here in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, you can find us at SourMashTours.com, uh, all of our social media at Sour Mash Tours, and um, also on the podcast. Book a private event. We've got we we do birthday parties, mm-hmm. bachelor parties, bachelorette parties. We just did a bachelorette party. Or just ago. a group if you're looking to get out on the town and have a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was our group on Saturday. Yeah, they were all from different parts of the country coming in to celebrate life, and it was like how I met your mother, and they just like they just got together. Was what it? I felt like it was like because they like they didn't say it was for a specific reason or anything like that. They were yeah. just like friends forever, and they just all were getting together again. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. I mean, I don't know if anybody was like secretly in love with anybody. Yeah, why, like where's that. the "How I Met Your Mother" parallel? Just I just thought about like also I friends. Like I should have said friends. Like or, friends would have been a better reference. Yeah, just any friends. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, it had kind of a sitcom-y feel to it. Okay. So I just you know yeah. I like it. That's what it felt like. But uh, but yeah, so it's been a little bit since our, our last Yeah, and the, so it's been it's been before or no? No, it was right after. Right after Derby. Yeah, or no, no before, before Derby. Derby. It was but before after Derby. After your injury. Yeah. So Barely. Barely. So yeah, the last time we had a podcast it was a few days after Dylan tore his second Achilles tendon. Yeah. Uh, that's his Achilles heel. That is, yeah. Is your so Achilles I was literally student. talking about with somebody. Yeah, I was talking about with you last in our yeah, tour. Yeah, I, I can't stop making that <laughs> terrible joke. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's pretty like cued up, so yeah. it just makes perfect. It's sense. very on the nose. But yeah, I'm um, I'm post surgery now. I'm also uh, post post New Orleans. So I actually went to New Orleans um, for Jazz Fest with uh, my fiance Kate and her her parents. Uh, we were there to go see a, a Jimmy Buffett concert, which I think I mentioned in the last one. Um, the doctor told me that I couldn't hurt myself you, anymore. You could have just said you were with Kate and her parents, and everybody can do the math on the Jimmy Buffett concert. Well, at this point, yeah, <laughs> everybody knows. But sometimes you get some new listeners to just let them know, like, yeah, they're dedicated parrot heads, so I've, I've become one by proxy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I had a, had a great time in New Orleans with my, my scooter that I purchased to get around a little bit better, which was essential. Um, there's no way that you, I don't think there's any way you could crutch around New Orleans. I mean, you could. Isn't Bourbon Street like cobblestone kind of? Yes. Yeah, so I bet that was rough on that scooter. Those are not off-road tires. You know, at a certain point, everything on Bourbon Street shuts down and you just go right down the street, man. Yeah, okay. Just don't even worry about it. Yeah. Pretty much during the day, too. Like, nobody But it's not cobblestone down. on the street? No. It's been a while since I've been there. Yeah, yeah. So, all all paved on the street, but yeah, cobblestone. So, it caught me a couple of times. Yeah. But, but Kay was a trooper. She actually, like, let me sit down on the scooter, and she'd just, like, push me. Oh, that's nice. For a while, too, which was nice. 
it's a good workout for everybody. Yeah, you're you get around well, but the best as I can. Best you can. Yeah. But we we did that tour on Saturday and going uphill from Flying Axes to Market <laughs> Street. Uh, I was concerned, not concerned, no. but you know, I felt bad for you. It, it it takes a bit of pushing. I mean, that's the thing. Like I'm light, like I'm liable to be like covered in sweat by the time I yeah. stop. Like if I get from point A to point B, yeah, no, like it was a hot day. Too. It was a hot day. It was a hot day. It was it was slightly less hot than the day of the Buffett concert, um, which I will <laughs> only, which I will mention. New Orleans. Yeah, it's yeah, New Orleans, an 85 degree day, and uh, you just so happen to have eaten some late night tacos that have given you. The worst case of food poisoning that that you could think of. When you said you got food poisoning in New Orleans, I was assuming crawfish or bad oysters. Right. So you would think, yeah, you would think that we had some sort of like New Orleans staple, but I don't think that that's like possible. So New Orleans yeah. is just so good at New Orleans right. food. Like, but we, yeah, we made the mistake of going to like a bar that looked nice. Yeah. And served tacos. Okay. And then like everybody except for Kate had like some gastrointestinal distress. And yours was extreme. And mine was rough. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, let's from hear the time about that, that in detail. Yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> we're not going to go into detail. Let's just put it this way. Um, by the time I got into Jazz Fest, my body had expelled all of the liquids and solids that it had in it from the past day. Man. So, yeah. Were so, you able to even like imbibe? So I ended up drinking maybe like two beers yeah. while I was in there, but it was mostly just me chugging water and trying not to get trampled by like middle-aged women that were just going nuts. Right. Yeah. So what's the venue like there? Is it a lawn or? So it's actually in there. It's actually in their track, the infield of their horse racing what's the, track. What's the track called? Fair, so Fair Louisiana not Fairgrounds, Downs, I think. Louisiana Downs. Yeah. Okay. Louisiana Downs. So it's in their infield of the track. And so it's pretty much like this, like it was like paved half of it and then dirt the other half. And they have a few different uh, stages set up all around like the infield. And so we kind of got there when everyone dispersed from the last one. I like was sitting on my, sitting on my scooter, just chugging water. I'm sitting there. I have like some biker gloves on because I needed to be able to grip my handlebars. Get very sweaty. Yeah. Um, just trying to chug some water while. Biker gloves. Yeah. They really were just like fingerless gloves. They were Gold's Gym, <laughs> so they're for weightlifting as well. But uh, yeah, while the Browns created a uh, a perimeter around me so no one could like run into me. That's nice. Yeah. So it was like nice. you're kind of your lead blockers on. Yeah. Those? Exactly. Like and li- like Lisa and Kate are like. Like fucking bulldogs yeah. when it comes to stuff like that. Like if anybody got close, they'd be like, "Back the fuck up, watch his leg, watch his leg." I'm like, "Guys, I'm fine." They're like, "Watch it." Yeah. What were you? Were you in a boot? At yeah, that point? I was in a boot at that this point. Is a protective this is pre- boot. Yeah. This is uh, this and is pre-op. Yeah, and your Achilles was torn. <laughs> it at was that torn. Point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it was before your Achilles surgery, but mm-hmm. also before your other sur- your pre-op. Yeah. Okay. That was pre. Yeah, I was pre-op. So then that was a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't make those type of jokes here. The term pre-op has a, a certain connotation in today's society. I apologize. <laughs> so anyway, I made it through. It was a great concert. Jimmy put on one hell of a show. He came out as a uh, as a blind NFL referee since he is a uh, New Orleans Saints fan. Oh yeah, and the infamous uh, did he apologize for appearance. his national anthem? He would never apologize for his national anthem. It was it was peak Buffett. It was it was okay. 
you say what you want. It was it was, was what Jimmy can do. Was Roseanne Barr's national anthem peak Roseanne Barr? Oh God! Well, no, I think peak Roseanne Barr is all the bigotry. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> that that was just a blatant disrespect of the of the country. Jimmy's was just classic Buffett singing at this point in his life. Yeah. Yeah. With the mic drop. With the mic drop. Yeah. Okay. So, so we, he didn't apologize. He did not apologize. But he did make light of the uh, boy and pass interference call. He did. He did. In true in true fashion. But uh, no, it was good other than the fact that I felt like I was dying for, for a good chunk of it. But all in all, successful trip. Uh, shout out to shout out to Kate and the Browns for being fantastic and helping me get around. And then and I, I survived it long enough to get home to then have surgery, and so now I'm on I'm on Walk Watch 2019. Well, you skipped a part of the the story you told me earlier when you got harassed at the airport on the mm. way back by the TSA. And, well, that and was actually on the way there. On the, that's where you guys drove back. Yeah, we you? drove back. Okay. Yeah. So it was, was the, it was the Louisville TSA. Crew. Yeah. Louisville TSA decided that this guy in the wheelchair with crutches was was uh, was a prime suspect for a pat down. The new face of Al Qaeda. <laughs> <laughs> the crippled. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So basically, like, if when you get into a body scanner, it's very simple. That you look in front of it and they tell you, like, okay, you spread your legs, you put your arms up in the air, and like they give you the little whoa whoa, and then you're done. Yeah. So me and my like. They take my crutches away. They make me get up out of the wheelchair. They give me a wooden cane, which I assume is what it's you just get. Just a loner cane. Just a loner yeah. cane. That's what they give people to like. <laughs> you're gonna have to get through here on this. Like no crutches. So I hobble in. They're like, "Can you spread your legs out further?" I'm like, "I'm going to fall and hurt myself." I'm, I'm in a boot. Basically, it. I broke the machine. They had to restart it. I had to step out of it, go back into it, and then afterwards, still wasn't good enough. And I got the full on like. Let me check you for bomb residue, and I have to pat around your your groin area to make sure that you don't have any contraband. And that was that was my experience in the Louisville airport. Nice. Yeah, like I'm like to be fair, like I'm a I'm a brown man with a rather large beard. Like I'm <laughs> used to getting like at least getting a little eyes. bit of search. Like I'm gonna get like at least a pat down. Yeah. But that was a little bit excessive. A little excessive. A little, little excessive. I only hit my junk grab once by TSA. <laughs> And I, I was traveling with uh, Brady, my brother, and my mom. I can't remember where we were going, but for some reason we were flying out of the Indianapolis airport. And, you know, this is before I had TSA pre-check, which is great because I don't have to go through the body scanner. I just now walk through a metal detector. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they tell you to put your hands behind your back and spread your legs. <laughs> and I thought about um, when I used to watch wrestling in the 90s, there was a guy named Val Venus. Oh, I remember Val, Val Venus. Val Venus, his uh, persona was he was a porn star. Yeah, he wore a towel out yeah, to the ring. Yeah, he wore a towel <laughs> with his wrestling trunks under it. He would take the towel off, he would do a little dance with it, and then finish it by putting his hands behind his head and doing a crotch thrust. <laughs> so I, I walked through this body scanner and they tell me to do that and I make eyes eye contact with Brady and I can't resist but doing the Valvinus like crotch thrust in <laughs> he the did thing. a pelvic thrust and I don't think that the TSA agent liked that too much no he, they pulled me out <laughs> afterward they said that the results of my scan were inconclusive because there was some movement <laughs> So the guy like really felt me up. I think now that I think back on it, I think that he got off on it a little bit. Really? Well, See, like, not, but they t- not they, got off. Yeah. Like, but he, but he, I, he I enjoyed. He enjoyed the ruining the, the joke for you. I'm not saying that he enjoyed like the physical act of yeah. uh, 
putting his hands near my genitals. <laughs> but I think that he enjoyed the power that he felt by being able to do that. Yeah, and absolutely. I get that vibe. No offense to any of our listeners if you're TSA agents, but I get that vibe from a lot of TSA agents. Yeah. There some is, of them are cool. Yeah. Some are cool, but some like some do take advantage of that. Yeah. But like when they give you that pat down, like they kind of they like they tell you like oh they instruct them to use like the back of their hand. Mm-hmm. I guess to the fact that like they can't look like they're fondling you. Right. But like it doesn't make it any better that like I'm I'm going to touch you. I'm going to touch you. Yeah. It's an odd. It's experience. an odd thing. And there was like maybe a, a four week stretch earlier this year um, during the government shutdown. Where everybody, like, public sentiment, I think, kind of turned in favor of the TSA. Because yeah. a lot of them worked without a paycheck for, like, a month. But that seems like a distant memory now. <laughs> they're, they're back to being, you know, public so, enemy number one. So, like, in your head, you literally had just this flashback where you're just like, what about that one time that guy felt me up after yeah, the Valvenus pelvic thrust? <laughs> like, you sons of bitches. It sounds like something you might need to go and talk to somebody about. Maybe so. Maybe <laughs> maybe this is the beginning of my therapy. <laughs> I'm gonna do like a hypnotic regression. Yeah, I've been reading. I've been listening to a lot of um, the last podcast on the left. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Not. But like, it's basically a big conspiracy theory podcast about like like aliens and stuff like that. So I'm all on this. All like the George Soros, like that type of no, conspiracy no, 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 no. theories, like, like fun conspiracy fun theories. Fun conspiracy theories. Not like deep about. state and QAnon and stuff like that. Nah, we're talking like alien cover-ups yeah. and stuff like, like that. Like fun stuff like 9-11's a hoax, stuff like that. <laughs> that is one. That they, okay. But it's not so much fun, but yeah, they yeah. do it on Columbine and like all this stuff. But they talk a whole lot about hypnotic regression. I don't know if you've ever heard of hypnotic regression. But then you've got some crazy shit that comes out of people's mouths when they're being hypnotized and talking about a a possible traumatic experience. Would that traumatic experience be like an alien abduction? An alien abduction, yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. So I'll have to check that podcast out. I I used to like conspiracy theories just because they're fun, but then they went all like crazy mainstream in the current political environment, and they're not as fun anymore. Well, like, everybody's a reptilian. Like, that's, like, the basic thing is, like, no, everyone's, like, an alien that's that's hell-bent on destroying democracy and, like, bringing the apocalypse. Yeah, uh, reptilian, deep state, um, you know, the Bilderberg group, the Trilateral Commission. Yeah. We've said too much. <laughs> and now we've literally now, been put, yeah, we've we're been out put there on now. a fucking We're on the radar. List. So this, this is a bourbon-themed podcast, and we've gone 14 minutes and 36 seconds without mentioning bourbon. Um, so we, we mentioned Bourbon Street. Yeah, that's true. That nailed is a good it. point. So nailed <laughs> but we do have some bourbon that we're drinking here. Yeah. Um, some stuff I'm fairly excited about because it plays into uh, a trip that I made right after Derby. The, the Monday after Derby, I had a, a great Derby weekend, lucked into some awesome tickets. Um, up on the sixth floor, all you can eat, of course, all you can drink. Long day, long weekend. Um, so Monday, I worked a half day and then was lucky enough to go out with um, the folks from Commonwealth Tap as well as some guys from the Louisville Bourbon Club Facebook group mm-hmm. and Matt from the Central Kentucky Spirit Society. And we went to Wild Turkey and we drank whiskey straight from the barrel, one of my favorite things to do. Yep. And we picked out a bottle of Russell's Reserve. And not just drank straight out of the barrel, you drank straight out of the barrel with some royal bourbon royalty. Yeah, so one of the cool things that they do is a lot of this this is my third pick um and four roses we saw the barrels but we didn't get to go to like a warehouse and like mm-hmm. go scourging for barrels right um 
Maker's Mark was its own cool experience just because you do the mixing and matching of the different barrel finishes. But this one was cool because they took us on, we had a, a bus that we went out there with, went to one of the remote warehouses on the back of the property, and there to greet us was Eddie Russell. Um, Bourbon Hall of Famer, son of, of course, Jimmy Russell, mm -hmm. who is the godfather of everything when it comes to wild turkey. Uh, and he, nice as can be, just good old boy, down to earth, uh, joking around with us. And they as had, old distillers tend to be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you knew, did you know Fred No? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I had plenty of like run ins with Fred when I worked at Beam, like did some tastings with him. And just every time, like the stories that come out of it, like come out of their mouths are just hilarious. Yeah. And like there is no word that will not be spoken. Like, right. They don't, they don't care. They if they're don't in front give of a like, book. yeah, they do not. Like if they're in front of like high powered businessmen, they're going to be like, I don't give a shit. Like yeah. this is how the story goes. And this is what makes, this is what makes it funny. I've always heard that like after bourbon went really, mainstream and got extremely popular that the distill the old school distillers that embraced it the most were the Russells and Fred No. Oh yeah. Who kind of like basked in the sunlight a little bit or the spotlight oh, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think Bill Samuels did a did a pretty good job yeah. about it too. But so we we went back there and they had a bunch of barrels from all different warehouses across uh, that property and then other places where they're doing aging. And we went through and we, we tasted the first one and then he kind of asked us some questions and got a little bit to know like what we were looking for and went and picked some other ones out. We drank from maybe eight different samples to start with. And That's then a lot. it was a fucking That's lot. That's a lot. It was. And then after that, we narrowed it down to four, which he poured blind for us. Um, and then we went in there and so you're drinking out of these like smaller wine glasses the whole time and pulling it straight with a thief into the glass. So we all went outside, get ready for the blind tasting, came back in and he's got four of them lined up. Mm -hmm. I'm the very first person to go pour some from the wine glass that he put a bunch in mm -hmm. into my glass. And I dropped it, <laughs> <laughs> spilled it all over myself, saved enough of it. I think where everybody still got a taste. Um, so that, that was, that was interesting. Wow. But what what, did, what it, did Eddie say? Well, about three minutes later, uh, Kenny from Commonwealth Tap dropped his and actually shattered the glass on the ground. Oh, no. And Eddie said, Kenny's party foul was worse than my party foul. There you go. So all, like, it sin all, was absolved. That's yeah. good. Like, you were pardoned. <laughs> but the one that we picked was from their Camp Nelson warehouse. And the distinguishing characteristic of it, which I think everybody agreed on, was it had this, like, old school kind of funk to it. It tasted hmm. like a dusty bottle of bourbon like something cool. from that had been sitting on a shelf for a while like i've had you know the pleasure to taste a lot of bourbons from the 60s the 50s even earlier and it had that same type of flavor to it that, that i like about all of that and everybody agreed that it was it had funky was kind of the primary taste hmm. so when this gets bottled it's going to have a really cool label on it that's uh revolves around that funky theme nice uh and it'll be available at commonwealth tap in very limited qualities quantities because i think that the dudes from uh, mac curry and the two guys from the louisville bourbon club facebook group uh, are speaking for the majority of it so if you want a bottle of that and i highly suggest it because it's going to be delicious uh you might have to go through that uh that facebook group and, and tr get lucky and reserve one nice and we'll try to keep people up to date on when that comes out yeah so they can be like i've got a few bottles reserved for myself because it's it, it really is special that good, and huh? it prompted me to go out and seek out what we're drinking today which is um a russell's pick from the same warehouse the camp nelson warehouse f 
and this is called the BSM, the Bourbon Secondary Market Dumpster Fire. And Dylan, can you describe the picture that's on the side of this bottle? I think that what I can describe this best as is a dumpster fire. Yeah, it's a so dumpster, literally on a fire. dumpster on fire. It's kind of a blurry photograph. I think they probably could have done a little bit better with it, that. It looks like somebody printed out a bunch of these on printer paper and then yeah. like cut them out with scissors. But, it, but before that, it looks like they did a Google image, image search and then didn't even like click all the way through to the image. They just used like the preview image yeah. to print off. Cause not, it's, to, not to hate on it. Not to hate anything. on it. It's but a, it does say BSM on it. It does say BSM, yeah. which is Bourbon Secondary Market. And I thought that that was just kind of funny that the secondary market that you know let's be honest runs afoul of the law <laughs> it, it's sell, it's a it's a forum for people to buy sell and trade bourbon illegally yeah and this kind of legitimizes it right it, it's i mean this makes it a, it doesn't a, say bourbon yeah. secondary market no, on it but, but everybody it knows what bsm i is. mean that's the thing like it makes it a group just like any group that can go in and do a barrel pick like a bar or a restaurant or like a liquor store or anything like that like it is a group of people that can speak for enough bourbon to move it. So Sure. Yeah. I mean, that kind of speaks to what the secondary market is. I mean, it's kind of a legitimate... Well, it's a community, community to some degree. Now, yeah. And then the, the bourbon club, the guys that we went on the pick with, mm -hmm. they're kind of a hybrid. There is buying and selling and trading that goes on there, but they also do things like the barrel pick. They do a lot of get-togethers. Mm -hmm. A great group of people from from my perspective. But I just thought it was, it was funny that, you know, this... Bourbon secondary market got not one but two barrels of Russell's Reserve to sell to all their members, and let's just say that these don't go for retail. <laughs> these are these are expensive bottles that people are willing to pay for, and I think with made with good reason. This is really good. What are your thoughts on this? We haven't yeah, really talked think, about I what we're drinking. I think this is delicious. Yet. I mean, this is this is actually one that is a favorite in the the Brown Miles household, um, and so Kate's a big fan of the Russell's Reserve because her her mom actually knew Jimmy Russell, like knows him, like she's run into him plenty of times and like he like and they chat. How do they know each other? Just random happenstance and, and Lisa never meets a stranger, so yeah. she makes friends with everybody. Nice. Um and yeah, so Russell's is always like really high on our list. We haven't had a bottle of it for a while, so I know she's gonna be jealous that we're drinking this. But I really think that like to your point about like um Russell's having kind of like that old like old style kind of mm -hmm. taste. I really think that it's like a really traditional bourbon yeah so like it, it kind of gives you that good heat that you want it's not overly sweet or anything mm -hmm. like that like it is a good like every day yeah and i gotta say like the various bottles that or barrels that we tried that were from different warehouses totally distinctly different really i mean the first one that we tasted would have just been a knock your socks off classic like get all those bourbon flavors in there just very just very much like a prototype good bourbon. Mm -hmm. But I think that for, for something like this, um, we wanted something more unique that had a little bit of that character. So the Camp Nelson uh, barrels all had something similar to it. And I may have attempted to sway the group toward the barrel that we got. <laughs> I, I, I was I was in Kenny's ear and mm -hmm. I, I you know, I think that everybody was very happy with it. Um well I mean everybody's looking but for it was those. it was definitely my first pick. Nice. Yeah. I mean everybody's looking for that like dusty. Yeah. Like that's what like that's what people want. Like I like this because it has like some sneaky heat like on the front of your mm. palate, but it's not one of those things that's like super overwhelming. Yeah. But I know that like people, when people think about wild turkey, a lot of times they just think about like the 101 and it's just like, oh yeah, it's like, you know, that's what you drank in high school. It's like fire water and like all this stuff. Yeah. But this really like shows the the mellow quality that you can get with a, with a wild turkey product. Um, 
And I think that like says a lot about what Russell's reserve actually is. Yeah, man. And I've had the 10 year a lot, but I've had very few of these single barrels and this 55% alcohol, 110 proof, non-chill filtered. I think this is where it's at. Yeah. And it was, Eddie was talking about, look at me, I'm just dropping names. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, Eddie, like, Eddie, we're, like we're old friends. Do, man. Yeah. Um, but he was talking about how his dad uh, really didn't like the concept at all of a single barrel bourbon. Mm-hmm. And kind of like you were talking about with Fred No, like they just kind of dropped these stories to be like, yeah, when, when uh, Booker decided to put out Blanton's and you know Fred was doing Booker's and all this dad didn't like that he thought he thought consistency was key and he didn't like the idea of a single barrel bourbon but yeah. Eddie's the one that really kind of embraced it and then uh, their son I can't Bruce um, he said he really likes those funky barrels mm-hmm. from Camp Nelson he said this is more of a the one that we chose he said this wouldn't have been his choice he said but this would have been Bruce's choice huh Interesting. Um, yeah, and then on the way out, we got to try their new. It's going to be, I think, and I'm Wild Turkey. I would say is the the brand that I've explored the least yeah. since I've started drinking bourbon. I know hardly anything. But it was about one. Of, it's one of the. Part. It's either the Master's Keep or the one of their special releases is going to be an 11 year rye, Ooh. and we got to try some of that straight out of the barrel. And man, was that good! Is that the one that you tried with with Old Man Russell himself? Uh, so old Jimmy was in the gift shop taking pictures. Oh, I, didn't, nice. I didn't try anything directly with him. Mm-hmm. That was that was with Eddie on the way out. But yeah, it was nice. We got back to the gift shop and had a cocktail, and uh, Jimmy Russell was sitting there just taking pictures with people, just, just chatting, chatting, mm-hmm. soaking it in. They what love a, it. They love they it. Like what tell, a guy. They like telling stories. I mean, think about it. Like think about all those years of experience of like literally bringing bourbon back from what it you know from what it was because they've like. They basically stemmed the times when bourbon wasn't popular yeah. anymore. Uh, and they're just like, now we're dedicated to our craft. We're going to keep making it. And now it's just, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the gift shop was full of people. It was. They yeah. had a lot of people through there. And this was a Monday. Yeah, you know, exactly. and Monday it, after Derby it, weekend, right, too. Which is probably like a, the slowest day for the service <laughs> industry in the city. Because humans have to recover. Yeah. <laughs> But we got drunk. I mean, we we, we had a, a ride down there and back, and we we tied it on down there. We and that, that's put the on a real for, twister. That's the key for a barrel pick is that you need a ride. Yeah. Like, do not drive to a barrel pick because you will not want to get back. Yeah. The, the three of these that I've done, the person who imbibed the most was the, the principal decision maker. Mm-hmm. And this was no different. <laughs> It, man, it was it was a great time, and um, really looking forward to seeing when these when these get bottled. So um, no, Mc, no McConaughey sightings. No McConaughey sightings, unfortunately. <laughs> but Dang. we were drinking it out of the barrel. I think it was it was coming out of there like 117 proof or something. So there's really not going to be much in the way of water added yeah, to it. That's nice. And we we all tried to like put a couple drops in there to mimic what it's actually going to taste like in the mm-hmm. bottle, and it definitely carried those same characteristics that we liked through. Um, into the tasting. So that was cool. Yeah, it was all good. Absolutely. So everybody be on the lookout for that. So we'll, like I said, we'll try to keep everybody uh, up to date on stuff like that, but we also don't want you to take all of them yeah. because we want them for ourselves. Well, I've, I've already got a stake in the ground. I've got yeah. X number of bottles coming to me, which is nice. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe we'll do a Sour Mash Tours bourbon pick someday. Who knows? I hope so. I hope so too. I hope that's on the uh, on the horizon. There's nothing, more, nothing that I've wanted more than having our label 
Yes. On or our logo on a bottle of bourbon. Since I was a young boy, <laughs> it's been my dream. Ever since I was a small child, with my mom rubbing Maker's Mark on my gums when I had a toothache, <laughs> I said one day I'm gonna own a business. Is that a, that's brother. a true story, I assume. You always well, tell one, that on tours. One hundred percent true story. Yeah. yeah, Ray Miles was enabling me from a very young age <laughs> to to one day start my own bourbon business. She knew. That was the thing. Yeah, she wrote. Yeah, I think she wrote that in my. Uh, in my high school graduation card. One day you'll own your own bird <laughs> business. I just know. She's a prophet. <laughs> no, so, yeah. So that was a pretty awesome experience that you had. I remember that I was like, you were sending us pictures, and I was just like, damn, I like, I'm in New Orleans, so I'm pretty damn happy. But I'm just like, okay, like barrel picks are really cool. So. Yeah, this and this was, of the three I've been on, I would say the best, just because of the, the level of experience. I learned a lot about Maker's Mark, too, or I'm sorry, about uh, Wild Turkey, too. And this goes back to kind of like this being the brand that I've explored the least. I always knew that there was a, a line between the barrels or the bottles that said Austin Nichols mm-hmm. on them. And then now... But I, I didn't realize that it wasn't until Campari bought Wild Turkey that they actually built a distillery on their grounds. They used to, hmm. The reason it was Austin Nichols is because they distilled across the street of this old Austin Nichols distillery. Oh, wow. So that's why every it said Austin Nichols Wild Turkey 101. Actually, randomly, I totally forgot that I, I committed to this. But uh, before I ever went on this pick, months ago, a friend of mine from Paducah texted me late night, probably on a weekend, and I just agreed to it, but he said that he came across a store that had all these old Austin Nichols Wild Turkey 101s, mm-hmm. and asked if I wanted one, and I said sure, and it was like 40 bucks, and then I got it delivered uh, through my buddy Dustin from www.trustcrooks.com. <laughs> Boom! Yeah. Good, good way to throw in the sponsor. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since we've, we've thrown him a bone. He got his money's worth there for a few weeks. It did. It's about time to re-up that contract. It is, yeah. <laughs> I think it's been over a year. And um, But anyway, he, he said, I've got this bottle from Nate, uh, this wild turkey 101 so that night i got to go and not the same night but a couple of days later got to go and taste some of that and it's good i mean it's, it's a little bit it's not dusty but it's mm-hmm. from like early this decade i think yeah. you know six or seven years old this is our 20th podcast episode dylan is it really well it's really probably like our you know 30th yeah but, but not we don't count like... we don't count the like the sour mash 16 yeah or the Andy and Quincy get drunk on forecast a weekend bonus episode <laughs> that didn't count as a, an official one. But yeah, this is the episode 20 in the that's official pretty, lineage. That's pretty nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Any reflections on the past year plus? Um, well, I, you know, I think back on those humble beginnings where we were like leaning over to make sure that we talked into a cell phone. Yeah. Um, and we're both sitting here with our own microphones. Yeah. Um, and it just, it makes me feel pretty good. Also, like, like when we're on tour, and we tell people we have we're a on podcast. Tour like we're a rock band. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I know. Like we're on like podcast tour. Yeah. But no, like when we're giving a tour and we tell people like, oh, we have a podcast, follow along with us. Like people are impressed. They're yeah, like, they're oh, like, you have a podcast? Yeah, That's they light cool. up. Like, like, it's, like there's a know- huge barrier to entry. Yeah, like little do they know that I was going to spend the first 10 minutes of the podcast talking about having diarrhea in yeah. New Orleans. But hey. The people will listen. We need to do like a like a best of, like a clip show or like an <laughs> award show. Be like now the award for podcast host of the year. Yeah, and the first nomination, Dylan Miles. I'm not the host. It's a it's a group. This is a group. The second mile nomination, Danielle Hunefeld. <laughs> and lastly, Andy Hunefeld. Can we call them like the Burbies? Yeah, the Burbies. The Burbies. And the winner is. Dylan Miles. What? 
And now the award for most times saying the word poop in a 30-second stretch. <laughs> there's only, <laughs> there's only, there's one, only one nominee. nominee. Danielle Gugelfeld. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, I've had a lot of fun with this. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it's one of those things that helps keep us... It keeps us sharp because... We have to keep up with our bourbon knowledge. We have to know what's going on in the in the world of bourbon, and we have to keep doing things. So we have some interesting things to talk about. So I hope people find it funny and entertaining. Yeah, I mean that's the feedback I get from I, close family members and friends that listen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have no idea how any of this sounds because I never go back and listen to them. I, I always listen. I, <laughs> I I go back afterward and make sure the audio is good. Rarely do I ever take the shears to anything and cut anything out, but. You know, um, I consider myself a very, very amateur uh, producer here You've been a of great the podcast. Producer. You went from <laughs> we went from like the the cuss like the like two choices that you got on the the podcast app that we were using at first to like splicing in different sound like sound for us for our intro and everything. Yeah, like it's it's been good. Still lugging a desktop computer downstairs and but setting it up in the kitchen. But you're also time. rocking headphones while you talk too. <laughs> like that is that's a legit producer. I'm thing. a producer. You are a producer. So yeah. don't you take anything from yourself. <laughs> but um, no. Yeah, but happy 20th episode. Happy 20th episode. We're sorry that Danielle couldn't be here. Yeah, to ring in the 20th. Yeah. Maybe we'll really celebrate the 30th. That'll be the day. Or the 25th. Ooh, 25th 25th. is good. That could be where we wear tuxedos and Danielle wears like a formal gown. And we have maybe like some guests on from previous podcasts and just really do it up. Yeah. Yeah. Get people to congratulate us. People can just come in and stop by and congratulate us on 25 episodes. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to hear anything, but just congratulations for what you guys are doing. That's all I want. So... All right, you think it's about time? I think it's about time. All um, right. Any, any plugs? Oh, we should we should talk uh, real quickly and plug uh, the Shakespeare yeah. tours coming up. In Absolutely. June. So we're and maybe doing, beyond. Yeah. So we're doing a, an event called uh, Bucks Bourbon and the Bard. Correct. Uh, and that is a collaboration we're doing with Bucks Restaurant in Old Louisville, uh, the Kentucky Shakespeare Festival, and uh, yours truly, Sour Mash Tours. Uh, basically, it's just going to be a really great event of uh, tasting at Bucks, along with some great appetizers. We're going to take you through the old Louisville neighborhood, tell you about some of the amazing things that are there. I don't know if you've been, if you're not from Louisville, you need to check out Old Louisville. It is one of the largest uh, grouping of Victorian homes in, in the, the country. country yeah in the country so just we fact check yeah. that too because yeah absolutely so beautiful homes you'll hear about those on the tour and then you get a behind the scenes look of the kentucky shakespeare festival so you get to go back behind stage meet the actors beforehand before shakespeare they, in the park shakespeare in the park uh before they do an amazing performance um and which is free and open in central park so you can definitely go and check that out uh, at our website to check out uh, that and any of our other offerings to uh, create a private experience for you at www.sourmashtours.com. You can also check us out on our uh, Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, at Sour Mash Tours. Um, so, yeah, come along and have a drink with us. I will be uh, rolling on the first bourbon uh, or uh, Bucks. Yeah, bourbon come out and see and Dylan on a scooter. So come out and check me out on the scooter. Uh, and uh, have a drink with us. So uh, until next time, guys. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers.